following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. So um, I'm going to ask you to, uh, real quickly, just to uh, join me in a thought experiment which is not always an exciting thing to hear a pastor start with. But that's what we're doing tonight. And what this is, is I would like you to climb with me into my time machine. And what we're going to do is we're going to jump backwards in time. Now, we're not jumping backwards in time a few thousand years. We're not even jumping back hundreds or tens. I want us to go back a year and a few hours to this day around this time. Because what happened for our church last year, a few hours before right now, is we were meeting for our Christmas Eve worship service, but what had happened was, I don't know if you guys knew, something happened in early 2020, a small thing, but what had happened was as COVID became a bigger and bigger thing, as we all kind of tried to figure out what it was, Round Rock ISD closed down all their campuses. We have met in this school For about six years, we had never met anywhere else as a church. So here we were all of a sudden scrambling to go, where do we go? So we call up some of our old friends at Wrench Brewery up in Georgetown. And we say, hey, we know that you have a beer garden. Could we use it? They gave me a key. I still have that key. (laughs) Luckily, we're on good terms. But we ended up what we thought was going to be a couple weeks All of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is March, and now all of a sudden, oh, you know, by June. Well, June hits, but we're still going strong. We're all out sweating in the open together. So we make it through that. We go, hey, listen, the school year's coming. They won't keep kids out of school, right? (laughs) Wrong. So now it's the new school year, and we're going, okay, I guess we'll just keep meeting here, but, you know, October, November, this, this, all, this should be done, right? October, November rolls around, maybe Christmas. Maybe by Christmas we'll get back into the school and we're still going strong and everything's going well and now we're calling up the brewery guys going, hey, we know we use the beer garden on Sundays. Can we possibly use it Christmas Eve? They go, yeah, of course. We're opening it this time. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to meet an hour and a half before that. And let me tell you, I wish I could transport the weather we're having today back a year ago. Because today would have been a great day to sit outside, to hear the word of God. Like, you know, pastors clamor for this, a creative way to talk about Jesus. It might have felt like this while Mary and Joseph were walking outside. Who knows? But no, it was in the low 30s. It could have been 15. I don't remember, maybe five. No, it was, it was the mid to low 30s. But I don't know what happened, but the Lord decided on Christmas Eve last year at Wrench Brewery that he was going to do a test of the wind. And he said, just through the beer garden, I'm just going to set it up and we're just going to wind tunnel. So what felt like mid 30s all of a sudden with wind chill has now dropped down. We had enough foresight and knew the weather report enough that we had bought hand warmers for people. 
And I was blessed. I thought, if we have 10 people, this will be great. And I think we had about 35. But we're all bundled up, you know, scarves, hats, hands in our pockets with these hand warmers. Of course, Matt is having to play guitar. And if you've ever played guitar, those are steel strings that keep getting colder. So not only is he struggling because he's got to push down hard on steel in this cold, blustering weather, but his strings keep getting cold when he stops playing, so he's constantly tuning. He comes up to me after church and he goes, I'm sorry, I think I played the songs too fast. And I said, I don't think anyone cared. I think you could have doubled your speed. And people are like, oh, holy night, let's leave right now. Like, I mean, it was time. It was cold. And there was so much that led up to it. There was so much unknown There was so much out there. We had spent a year thinking we knew maybe next month what was going to happen. I can tell you I hit some walls of just decision fatigue because we were meeting outside, so that meant every Friday and Saturday night, Matt and I are calling each other. We're checking the weather. We're going, is it going to rain? Are we calling everyone on Saturday going, we're just meeting online this week? I just kept getting more and more and more worn down. I know the past year and a half, two years, that has been a story for all of us. Because not only have we had a pandemic, not only have we had elections, not only have we had unrest, not only have we had just the unknown slam into us, the world just kept happening as it usually does. That we have lived in the same sinful world we've always lived in. So in the midst of all of what felt like these new and unknown problems, the same old problems kept happening. There was still heartache. There was still sickness. There was still disease. All of it was still happening. As I sat down over the past couple weeks to figure out what I was going to preach on Christmas Eve, it's always a strange thing because like, as a pastor, you go, okay, it's Christmas Eve. You know, Jesus was born. Hooray, high five. We did it, right? Like, so I sat down. I'm reading through the scriptures, doing some old, just some, some of my own personal devotional time. As I'm reading through, and I read through these verses from Isaiah that we were using, something just kept sticking out to me as I read through these verses. And that was as Isaiah gets to naming the names of the son who is to be born. The name Prince of Peace just kept sitting on me. Prince of Peace just kept sticking there. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And during the time he was a prophet, there was a lot going on. It starts out, and he's actually um, the prophet. This is a fun, like, Bible trivia fact. Get ready if you need to win on a Bible-based question at some point. Isaiah is the uh, book that mentions jewelry the most. So just write that down. Save that for later. But he does that because what he's doing is he's talking the people he is prophesying to, the people of God. He's saying, listen, you are so caught up in your own decadence that he is writing about 
all of the things that people are decking themselves out with, that they are so concerned with their own well-being that they're forgetting everyone else. And so Isaiah is prophesying to them saying, listen, you are so focused on your own self, on your own rights, on your own life, that you're forgetting that God has called you to love him and love others. And I sat there reading this book of Isaiah going, wow, if that isn't me. That so many times I get caught in myself, in my own wants, in what I think is best for me, that I push others away. It happens to all of us. We get stuck on ourselves and we forget others. Now, Isaiah also writes at a time when the Assyrians end up encircling the city and oppressing God's people. And so he writes and he prophesies about these attacks and this oppression that will happen coming from the Assyrians. And I sat back and I thought, how often are we attacked? How often do we start believing the lies that we are not good enough, that we are not smart enough, that we don't know enough? And then that all leads up to the final one, that is we are so terrible, God could not possibly love us. And these attacks from the outside come to try and tear away who we are. To say you are unworthy of the love of God. Also in this book, Isaiah writes about a captivity that's going to happen. Babylon will come in and take captive God's people. It is the world happening to them. That the Babylonians will come in, there's nothing they can do. And there will be heartache and there will be brokenness. And in the midst of two years of incredible things we haven't seen in a generation, the regular heartaches are there. We've still lost loved ones. We've still seen broken relationships. We still look out into the world and see that there is sin. Aren't you so glad you came to Narrative Church for a real pick-me-up of a Christmas sermon? But the reason I want to think about these things that happened with Isaiah, that, that decadence he prophesied against that came from God's people, those attacks tearing them down, and then that Babylonian captivity where the world keeps churning against them is because Isaiah also is the one who brings hope over and over and over again. And we see that in Isaiah 9 that we read tonight where he comes to the people and he says, listen, I've told you you're terrible people. I've told you that for some of those reasons you're being attacked. You're going to continue to be attacked. And listen, the world's just going to roll over you. 
when the Babylonians come through, but hold on. Because one day will come one, and when he comes, you're going to call him wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And of his government and of peace, there will be no end. When he writes this word, the word he uses for peace is a Hebrew word, shalom. And when we think of peace, oftentimes we think of a lack of conflict, right? No war, no interpersonal conflict. We are at peace. But when we see the word shalom, when we're talking about this in this sense of the Old Testament, it's about completeness. It's about being made whole. So when Isaiah writes, the prince of peace, the prince of shalom is coming, what he's saying is, listen, you are going to be made whole through him. And of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. When he prophesies the Messiah, the Christ child who is to come, the baby Jesus who sits in the manger for us, what he is saying is, listen, in your decadence, in your turning from God, there is still Hope, because there is one who is coming that says, listen, that decadence, that issue, that is about you trying to find peace outside of me. But when I send this child for you, the prince, the commander, the general of peace, he is going to break in and you will find that in him, you don't need those things to identify who you are. You are his. That he will come and his Peace will override everything else. Your identity, your wholeness will be in him. And in fact, you will reconnect with me. He says this prince of peace is going to come and he's going to come that when those arrows come, when the oppression comes, when you start thinking, how could God possibly love me? He will look and he will say, the prince of peace has claimed you. You are his. And if you are his, there is no way you can get away from his love. Romans 8 says there is neither height nor depth that can separate you from the love of God found in Jesus Christ. And so what we find is this peace continues. It is not just about making you right with God. It starts to make you right in the world. That as you interact with the world, you can say, I know that I am a sinner in need of grace, but I know there are lies being told to me to try and destroy me and pull me from God, but my peace rests with the Christ child. And you know what? The world is going to keep trying to roll over you because we believe that the world will be perfected one day and it's when Jesus returns. We're not singing it today. We'll sing it on Sunday. Matt, we're not singing Joy to the World today, right? Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> we'll sing Joy to the World on Sunday. I found out this year, Joy to the World was actually written not as a Christmas song, but as a second coming song. That it was Jesus was returning. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. That opened me up to go, this world, Jesus says, this world will give you trouble. That is one of his promises. 
he looks at his people and his disciples. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. There will still be conflict. There will still be heartache. There will still be all of those things. I wish I could stand up here today and say, listen, follow Jesus. It's like daisies and roses from here. But the hard times still come. The unknowable times still come. But the promise we have is that the Prince of Peace stepped down from his throne to come and say, I have experienced it. I have walked it. I have lost friends. I have lost people. I have not only seen your heartache, I have walked physically with you in it. I love Baby Son, the um, song we sang earlier. Because you'd expect the king of heaven to come and show up in a palace. But instead, without a sword, no armored guard. But born in a mother's arms. And the government will rest upon the shoulders of this baby son. That God sends his son for us to experience our world. Because in that experiencing, he empathizes with us. He says, I know you're hurt. I didn't just see it. I lived in the midst of it with you. So the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom, steps down and says, listen, in your sinning, in your folly, in your decadence, in thinking only about yourself, I bring you peace and completion. And the attacks that come from the enemy, when you do not think you are good enough, when you don't think you can, when you don't think you could possibly deserve my love, I am God's promise that says you are loved. And in a world that will give you trouble, hold on tight because I have overcome it. The prince of peace, not only comes, not only does Isaiah prophesy he will come, but in John, as we read tonight, he says, listen, I'm leaving you a helper, my Holy Spirit. He's going to remind you of my peace over and over and over again. And in fact, Jesus looks at the people who are following at his disciples, and through his word, he looks at you tonight and he says, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but as heaven gives. The joy we have as we celebrate the Christ child tonight is that when we say the Prince of Peace has come, we know that's not a theory, that's not far off. He has come near. And he says, here is my peace. If tonight you say, you don't know what I've done, you don't know my struggles, you don't know my sin, I proclaim over you the Prince of Peace. He forgives you. He knew those things and he still came. If you are in a place right now where you are feeling the enemy stepping on you, well, let me proclaim the Prince of Peace over that. You are God's, you belong to him. And if you feel the weight of the world, 
If you feel that weighing heavy on you, I can't take that away. But what I can proclaim is the Prince of Peace is walking with you. He walks with you in your pain and your sorrow. And he looks to bring you joy over and over and over again. Because of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. From everlasting to everlasting, the joy of Christmas is that while we've spent several years not knowing peace, my encouragement to you is turn off the TV, turn off Twitter, turn off Facebook, turn off, I don't know what you're on, just turn it off. Take a deep breath. The Prince of Peace is with me. The prophecy of the baby's son that he has come to make you whole, to give you shalom. And may we rejoice in his peace. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in peace. We rejoice in your goodness. Lord, if we are struggling in our decadence, in our own self-righteousness, in our own self-focus. Lord, bring us to repentance. Bring us to wholeness in you. Remind us that you came to save us and free us from those sinful ways. That we may love you and love others. Lord, if we are dealing with oppression and attacks, wondering about our own worthiness. May we return to the Prince of Peace who declares us worthy through his love. And Lord, as we walk in this world knowing the trouble, the hardship, the pain that it brings, in the midst of our joy and in the midst of our tears, step in And remind us again and again that the Prince of Peace walks alongside us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.